Hello, and welcome to the God is a Dad podcast. Uh, if you're kind of new to us, we are a podcast of three friends. I've uh, been friends for a while. We're all dads now, and we like to spend some time talking with each other about parenting, about marriage, about life, uh, essentially about how to become the types of people that God would like us to be by asking ourselves the very simple question, what is he like? And then trying as hard as we can to be more like him. Uh, so today we're going to have a conversation where I hopefully uh, am going to learn how to become a better person. I will kind of preface it, I think, when I call Dan and Jake on here, but just to give you a little little piece. I have kind of feel like I've struggled for a long time in being emotionally open, emotionally available, in touch with my emotions, that kind of thing. So I'm curious to hear what they have to say about it. I'm going to ask them essentially why they think emotions are important or how emotions kind of work uh, with our beliefs and with our actions. And then after that, I think I, ho- I hope we get to around to talking to uh, how we generally help our children navigate uh, learning how to become emotionally healthy, emotionally aware people. Uh, and handle things like tantrums, things like getting really angry when they get really sad, all that kind of stuff. So that's the plan for the episode. Uh, hope you find it useful. Hope you find it enjoyable. And let me go ahead and give Dan and Jake a call. All right. So uh, yeah, today I wanted to talk about something that I've been thinking about a lot that I have kind of struggled with a lot, I guess, that I've realized has been a problem for me, which is uh, just emotions, I guess, emotional connection with even myself or the people, other people, and I, you know, I think this relates to probably a lot of people because as dads, stereotypically, we would be, you know, the less emotionally aware or intelligent of the two parents, and I think if you, I'm offended. Yeah, well, I, just stereotypes are untrue. It might not be the case for lots of dads. Uh, for me, it, it is, and I. Sad. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you hear a lot about, you know, this idea that there's sort of this stereotype of this dad who's kind of distant and removed and emotionally unavailable to his kids. And there's a lot of damage that's happened throughout history from from dads like that, you know, and obviously I don't want to be like that. Uh, <laughs> and I want my kids to grow up emotionally healthy and kind of aware of themselves and uh, able, easily able to connect with what's going on inside of them and easily able to connect with each other. I kind of want to just talk about, ask you guys why you think uh, emotions are valuable or important to life. Uh, Maybe that sounds like a stupid question to somebody other than me, but I think that's something that I'm realizing is that they are emotional, like they are valuable and really important to life. So I was just kind of curious why you thought they were. If you think they are, maybe you don't, I don't know. Oh yeah, I I definitely do. (laughs) My reason or my my initial thought is like I think I tried to not have any until I was like I think probably like halfway through college I realized that I had them and that I ha- had a lot of things to sort out in my own self <laughs> because I I tried to force myself to believe that I could think anything and that I was unaffected by emotions I don't know, maybe we could revisit this but like do you think this is correct? What do you think the order of like belief, emotion, action? How do you think those things like are put in order? I I literally just today talked with this, talked that exact answer that exact question with two of my classes in school. <laughs> no, no joke. <laughs> and I was telling them that 
so you know it's it's it was the first day of school today actually first day students were back and in classes and so obviously all their teachers are kind of getting them to make resolutions and set goals and stuff you know like like new goals for goals for the new year and so you kind of you know make a bunch of smart goals and set goals for several different arenas of your life and so i was just talking with them and i was saying so we all know that almost none of you are actually going to stick to any of these goals right because the whole idea <laughs> is that you're kind of looking back on your last year and saying what do i want to be different this next year right so then you're trying to change something that you already you already did an entire year of doing something badly quote unquote and then you're trying to change it for this next year so you are already one way and you're trying to become a different way and that's a really really hard thing to do you know so i was we were talking about how do you change how do you actually change fundamentally what you do your actions you know and so i said you know the the top layer is actions that's what you do and a lot of people when they set goals they just try to focus on their actions and change their actions and it almost never works i mean it i don't i don't know that it's ever worked for me maybe some people have gotten it to work but i, I can't get it to work I personally think that your thoughts and feelings, I kind of clump them together, that your thoughts and feelings sort of inform your actions uh, and that yeah. your beliefs are the things at the core of you, that your beliefs drive your thoughts and feelings and your thoughts and feelings drive your actions. So beliefs are at the core. So I give the example of if like a tiger walked into the room, you would all run away probably or you'd grab yeah. like a stick yeah, yeah, next yeah. to you or you would hold up a chair or whatever. You'd, you'd, do some, you'd have some kind of action that in response to the tiger walking into the room. You would do those things, I think, because you feel afraid, right? Because the thought you'd have is, that tiger will eat me, right? <laughs> and you feel yeah. scared because ultimately you believe at your core level that that tiger is dangerous to you, right? So you believe it's dangerous, that means you feel afraid, which makes you respond in some kind of action. And so then I was saying that, you know, the whole idea is that if someone then walked in, you know, after the tiger and said, hi, this is my pet tiger and I'm taking him around the school so that everybody can pet him and see this cool tiger, then your belief about that tiger would change. You would believe it's not dangerous. Then you wouldn't feel scared and then you would act differently around the tiger and probably pet it. So then mm -hmm. my, my whole point to them was if you want to actually accomplish these goals, probably the thing you should focus on is try to understand why you behaved, the belief behind your behavior last year, and then focus on trying to change that, that belief in order to change your actions yeah. with the school. And largely the belief that drives them is essentially they just don't believe their grades are that important or they don't believe that studying is that important or they don't believe that it's that valuable or meaningful to their life uh, <laughs> and that they just need to believe that it's actually important, <laughs> that it actually affects them, their future and their happiness in the future, uh, which I'm sure none of them will do. But I think at least if they focus on that, then they might actually have a fighting chance. It's kind of my, my thinking. Yeah, that's fair. Why do you ask that question? Just because I'm not sure if it's that simple. I'm just not, I, I don't know, but I feel like belief and emotion might be more intertwined. Uh, or maybe that's why it's like so hard to change your belief is because there's a greater, there's a greater link or less of a gap between your beliefs and emotions than your actions. What makes you think that? Um, because they're so like in your example with the tiger, yeah, it's such a quick perspective change or your belief is immediately linked to your, the way you feel. I feel like emotional health in the past, I've focused more on the belief and less 
less on the emotion. Um, and I'm, I'm starting to give them more equal weight. I'm sorry to come to, to come to think more so that you can't change your belief and then everything will like fall into line. I don't, I just don't know if you can like separate the two as nicely. I feel like you've got to handle them mm. as more of a pair. And I've, I've thought in the past that I could just kind of like skip that first step of recognizing that I'm angry or recognizing that like, there's always an emotional aspect of a negative belief. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, or do you be, think I, it's, a, no, it's, it's as, still really hard for me to change my beliefs. So that wouldn't be surprised. That wouldn't be surprising to me if it's hard because I'm missing some, some other factor that I'm not, taking into account <laughs> and it would make sense as someone like myself who has tried to disassociate myself with my emotions that that i would not naturally see the link between the two but i i don't know like yeah i mean so if, if, if you were trying to convince me if you were trying to convince me what what would you say about why is it why is it why are emotions important because essentially i've kind of been in the place where i'm like i've just tried to focus on my beliefs like you said and then figured out, figured that my emotions will kind of just fall into place, and I won't have to think about them or deal with them or whatever. Uh, well, for me, I am a very emotional person. Uh, no. Growing, yeah. But, no. Dude, when 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 uh, when I was little, uh, elementary school, whenever the teacher would like, uh, even like be stern with me, like a stern voice, I would start crying. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like pretty emotional growing up. And then I think around like high school, I was like, I, I just got so tired of like, just like being so volatile in my emotions that I like, <laughs> tried, I, I tried to turn it off. Yeah, um, sure. And so I, I think, I think a lot of that had to do with uh, maturity and just being more secure in myself. Uh, because like you know, when you're younger and the teacher yells at you, you want to, you want their approval. Uh, you don't want to, you don't want to disappoint people, and so you feel like you're letting them down, and that makes you ashamed. That makes you uh, sad, and so uh, I, I think growing up, it, it, it was a maturity thing, and I was like, oh wait, I should, like, I'm doing the best I can, and if I disappoint people, that's fine, <laughs> and so. I think, yeah, it's important. I see the importance of it because it, it allowed me to, uh, I think I'm able to validate my own emotions and to sort of recognize what I'm feeling in the moment. Uh, and, and so, as you were saying, it, that helps me control my actions uh, more so. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's harder for me to like try to trace it down to like what I actually believe in, because the actions and the emotions are just so immediate and so like in the moment that it's harder. It's a lot harder to like take a step back and then try to like like unveil like why am I feeling this way? Like when a coworker does something that I think is dumb and I get frustrated at it, that's the emotion I'm feeling. My action is to not talk to that coworker or, or lack of action. Um, <laughs> it's hard for me to then like, ooh man, what's the belief I'm actually believing in? You know, I, <laughs> I 
I don't, I don't take that step. I, yeah. I just say, oh, well, that's crappy that I feel that way. Yeah. Uh, I'll try better next time <laughs> to be nicer to my coworker or to my, to my spouse or to my child. Yeah. I mean, I think, I definitely think it's something you, you probably can't, I don't know, maybe you can, but it's not easy to do in, in the moment. You know, that's right. that, for me, that's always a retroactive thing. You know, after I go through something, you know, later than that night or whatever, after, after a little while, I'm kind of like, why did I, why did I respond that way? Why did I feel that way? Why did I act that way? Um, maybe, it, maybe I believe they're important because I think it's the, the truest expression of our belief. And so in order to change a belief, you have to recognize what you actually believe, which is revealed by your emotion. Yeah, I think maybe we should it would help if we put it in like a concrete example. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, what yeah. about what about like like so I get mad at um, Nicole when she makes financial errors, right? So my, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like if she buys something that I that I think was cost too much or just you know does something with our money that I disagree with, I will criticize her. That's like my action. I will criticize her, and I think I do that because I'm because I feel angry that she what maybe what I think is a mistake and I think I feel angry probably because I'm actually actually feel afraid I'm afraid of our financial future sure, kind yeah. of I'm afraid of our you know our stability as a family I guess and so I would say that that the thing that causes that fear is a deep rooted belief that my security at least financial security is not stable that it's not secure yeah yeah so when I try to address address that, what I would try to do is, you know, I'll either go to the scriptures or, or go and pray and try to experience God in a way that gives me confidence in through him in my financial security, my financial provision, I guess you could say. And then my, my hope is that that belief, you know, trying to believe something better about God, that he will take care of me, that he's my provider, et cetera, et cetera, that that new belief will then change my fear uh, which will then, you know, help rid my anger, and then I will be able to treat her differently when that happens. I mean, so the, the, in would, your example, yeah, you've listed two emotions, right? Which is just super interesting, yeah, to me. Uh, first off, because like you got your action, then you have an emotion tied to that anger, which comes from the emotion of being afraid, sure. which comes from belief. Right. Maybe it's like, maybe those are mini cycles like action, anger, belief. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, maybe they're like mini cycles. I think you're probably right with, and I think belief, emotion, action is probably how it works. I just, like, I've thought previously that if you can control all your beliefs, or if you can focus on your beliefs, then you will be an emotionally healthy uh, person. I don't think that's as much the case. Because if you focus on those, then you're going to miss out. If you focus solely on your beliefs, I think you're going to miss out on emotions and on your actions. Uh, like, if Jake didn't recognize that he was... That the action that he took against his coworker was bad, then he's not going to like try to change his belief. Right. So he like, you, you got to recognize your action. You've got to recognize your emotion, I think. Mm -hmm. 
in order to kind of go to the foundation or maybe the crux of the issue. Right. I just, I think in the past I've placed too much emphasis on, and probably still do place too much emphasis on sure. belief. And I think I miss out on a lot of like redemption or whatever, right. because I don't acknowledge, I don't acknowledge the unseen emotional like aspect of my life. Because I, I, I think there's, like, two different things in that, too. Uh, one is, like, do we ultimately want to change our action? And how do we, like, process just changing our actions to make us better people, to make us more righteous, uh, to be more in line with what God wants us to do? Versus, like, how do we actually process our emotion, uh, even though the action and the belief might be wrong? Sure. Uh, but we still have to actually like, all right, how am I feeling? What do I do with this? And, and just actually like sifting through the, the motion of it. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? I mean, that is my entire question. Uh, personally, right. Is like, what is the value in sifting through those emotions in kind of sitting them and processing in them? Because my approach has been, I do a bad action. I know I have a bad emotion. So I'm trying to skip the emotion, not deal with it go to the belief and then get my emotions to change. But I don't really understand the value of sitting in that anger or experiencing the fear. And I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with that. that. (laughs) I feel like I'm missing out on something, but I don't know what the point is, uh, kind of. I I guess is what I'm saying. So what is like the value of going through that if, you know, because I mean, maybe part of it is that I can't actually change my belief without without doing that. Uh, But can you like... (laughs) Can you speak into that? Can you describe for me what, what you think the value of doing that is or how that works or what even to do? I think like feeling the emotion is like, I, like if I could parallel that with an actual physical feeling, like you're probably, like we're trying to teach Elliot right now uh, what hot means. And so <laughs> like we were at a bonfire uh, the other night uh, and so we were like started getting him like relatively close to the fire where, where he could just feel the heat coming off it. And so we can just say, all right, do you feel that? That feels hot. Like, don't touch that. And so I feel like part of sitting in the emotion is just like letting yourself feel like, ooh, the fire is hot right now. And so mm. for me to actually want to engage like all right, what do I believe? Therefore, so that my action can change, I have to like actually know that the fire is hot before I can like run away from the fire. Hmm. Is that a good analogy? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I can see that. So it just motivates you to want to change. Yes. I also think like if you're not, if you're not experiencing what you feel, then you're not like if you have that ability or if you've been trained or kind of conditioned to, not be emotionally intelligent then you're gonna you're not gonna be able to change those beliefs like what (laughs) forgot about this when i first got married to anna probably for like the first two years i'd be like kind of chilling out talking with anna and be like man i feel kind of like feel like a little frustrated or angry about this situation which was like two months two months in the past she'd be like yeah you've been acting like short or like angry for the last two months i'm like oh i I didn't i kind of (laughs) i kind of like could recognize that i was feeling frustrated or angry but 
But I would, it would take me like two months to verbalize what I was feeling. It would take me a, a long time in order to recognize. Uh, and that cost me two months of being happy or <laughs> like solving that, that scenario. Mm-hmm. The thing that has been motivating me to try to, I don't know, I guess exercise my emotional muscles or capabilities is, you know, so I think both of you described some, some desire to like control your emotions because it, like Jake, I think you said it made you volatile and made you like uncontrollable. So I think that's kind of why like right. I want, don't want them to, I don't really like them because they make me feel like I'm not in control of myself. But I think what I'm realizing is that it, it, when I suppress the bad emotions that I'm afraid of losing control, then that also has the effect of sort of stunting your, the ability to experience good and positive emotions. And mm. that makes me kind of sad. And I, that's, that's the, part <laughs> of the thing that has uh, yeah, sort sure. of been pushing me towards that exploring that side of life, I guess, because I really want to feel positive emotions. You know, I want to feel like genuinely happy or joy or right. satisfaction or pride or, or whatever the, all the positive stuff that is out there. Uh, I think that I don't experience it to the intensity that a lot of people do, but I think it's kind of like a trade-off. I don't think you can have one without the other. Uh, sure. Do you feel like that's true or not? Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I definitely think that. Yep. I don't know. It does seem harder to be a, a like I I can't remember that TED talk. There's the TED talk about how people they like self medicate in order to not feel pain, but then they don't feel joy as well. Yeah. You know, like you don't want to feel you know like your girlfriend breaking up with you, so you get drunk or whatever it is. Like uh-huh. you, you 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 placate that. I think the challenge with with myself then is being a consistent person with those emotions, but wanting to experience the highs, you know, how, like, how do you experience those highs without experience that without experiencing those lows? Maybe you're like taking dramatic swings. Cause that does seem a whole lot riskier yeah, sure. <laughs> of an approach. So after every like, basketball season or like after every uh, Dallas Cowboys game well especially for basketball because LeBron James is in the finals and I get pretty worked up I say I, I say Adrian I'm never going to watch basketball ever again or like like this is the time where I divorce myself from LeBron James because like I hate feeling how sad I am right now like this is horrible and she goes yeah but think about how much joy you would be missing out on and I'm like oh gosh you're right and so yeah I think I think like that's the exact like if I'm going to engage in life like I have to take like the good emotions with the bad emotions like that's the natural flow of life is like if you want to if you want to be like cold and calculated and the bad stuff, then yeah, that's gonna that's gonna strip away your involvement and your enjoyment uh, and the good stuff. Right. So then, like in the interest, I guess, of uh, <laughs> trying to help our our children uh, not not make those kind of mistakes. Um, <laughs> how do you how do you guys how are you fostering emotional vulnerability or like openness or awareness or health? in your kids or 
or if or how are you planning to if you, you don't feel like your kids are kind of to that place yet well yeah elliot is what like 13 months now so it's hard to like talk to him about like emotions and saying like hey how do you feel right now uh we're, we're actually like doing that like all the time just even though he can't respond to us uh but i don't do i don't think i do a very good job of actually like like setting up a good pattern to talk about emotions because like when he gets frustrated all i do is like grab him and then i flip him upside down and then he starts <laughs> laughing <laughs> uh, so that's my extent of trying to help my son deal with emotions. Uh, I just start to distract him until he's not feeling that way anymore. So yep. I'm, I'm very curious how you guys. Uh... <laughs> right. Uh, the thing we started to do is, so yeah, there's, I guess there's two sides, two ways to answer the question kind of is like in the tantrum type situation where they're feeling an intense waterfall of emotions. I, I still am at the place where I think that's pretty unproductive and kind of unhelpful for everybody. So we've tried to get our our children to understand that they are ultimately in control of their emotions. You know, that it's their job kind of to control their emotions. And maybe that's maybe that's me making a mistake. I don't I'm not sure. <laughs> but so for, for Cameron, you know, he is very stubborn and very hard headed and he gets angry. Anger is his thing. And so we, Nicole, we, we couldn't figure it out for months. And then she read something on somewhere or heard something on a podcast. I don't know where, but she's just like breathing, like doing, you know, and I think she even downloaded an app to like help kids breathe <laughs> when they're angry. <laughs> it's like a tantrum breathing app, you know? And so she played it for him one time and he really liked it. He really, really liked it. You know, he's freaking out. And then she's like, got out her phone and was like, let's play this app. And it's got some kind of soft music and it kind of guides them through breathing, you know, and they just do t- like 10 breaths or whatever. And it really worked for him. <laughs> and so now anytime he's angry or really, really upset, you know, we'll say, Cameron, do you want to take some breaths? And he'll say, yep. And we'll say, how many? And then he'll choose a number. And it's usually 10. And then we'll do 10 breaths and we'll breathe with him. And then he's able to kind of calm down. And then once that's, you know, once that's happened, then we're always asking our kids the question, do you want to talk about your feelings? And trying to get them to verbalize what's going on inside of them. You know, trying to get them mm-hmm. to explain it, to express it. I guess that feels to me like processing in some way, even though I don't actually, from personal experience, know exactly what emotional processing looks like. It feels like that's a good <laughs> step or a good start to just be able to talk about it. And I don't know, it seems to work. You know, I mean, they, they take a little bit of prodding because, you know, being emotional is, even even at five and four, is still kind of a vulnerable thing. And you can kind of tell that they don't want to. When they kind of come down from the, the rage mountain or whatever, they kind of realize that that wasn't great. And so then they kind of try to I guess go back into their shell and try to like hide their emotions or cover them up or whatever. And so we try to be then really gentle and try to make them feel comfortable about talking with their emotions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's about as far yeah, as I've gotten, it works okay, but I think we could grow, uh, in how we deal with it for sure. Typically, how do they respond? Like, yeah. are they, yeah. are they pretty self-aware? Uh, Cameron is not, uh, but James is, James is a pretty, yeah, he's a pretty emotionally self-aware kid. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not that complicated. He just, he just tells you, he's like, I'm sad. And then we're like, why do you, why are you sad? And he's always sad because of something we did, you know? And then we try to, you know, talk about it. And then if we need to apologize for something we did, then we say, sorry. 
uh, and or if he just needs to understand why we did something, and you know, because it was a good, it was actually a good thing that we did, and that just made him upset. Then we're like, we try to explain why we did it and why it's good for him, and then we always try to say, you know, it's okay to feel sad, but we also need to forgive each other. Then hopefully, after everybody's forgiven each other, then we should be happy after that. You know, once there's no relational problems, once there's no relational rift, we should mm. be happy and again. And you know, they're kids, so they they let go of stuff pretty quickly. They're pretty quick quick to forgive. So right. that, that usually usually what happens. So it's it doesn't it doesn't take a lot of it's not very complicated. I think probably adults are like that too. Emotions aren't that complicated. I don't think. Like I'm sad because you did this. You know, and it made me feel sad. And so I, if a five year old can do it, I feel like I should be able to. But it doesn't seem as easy for me for some reason. <laughs> What's your experience doing that? I mean, it, it can be with it can be with your kids. It can be with yourself. Uh, how you try to process them. How, it can be with you know as, as you help your wives or whatever. But what's your? Well, I guess what's your what's your state of mind? Kind of leading someone through negative emotions, I guess. I think the big part is to just listen initially to, to just hear them out and see what they're going through. And, and I think ultimately like what their, I don't know, like what their ultimate like desire is, you know, because something's not being fulfilled. Right. And so the other day, uh, Elliot like climbs the stairs, like all the Zandra. And so, uh, Adrian is a lot more worried about him climbing the stairs than I am because he can do it for he he sure. can do it pretty efficiently. Uh, and yeah, so yeah. I'm like, I'm like, man, he, he knows what's going on. And so, uh, I had just gotten done showering, uh, upstairs and Adrian was cooking breakfast downstairs. So, uh, Elliot was playing in the downstairs like closet. And so I kicked, uh, one of the books down the, down the stairs, not, not with this intent, but she heard the book falling down the stairs mm. and thought it was Elliot. And so she like ran wow. out of the kitchen and yeah, like, yeah. Like, was out of the foot of the stairs and then just saw me standing up there. And when I saw her fear, I just started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> because because then she looked back and saw Elliot like you know at the foot of the stairs like by, by the closet and realized that everything was okay. Um, but I started laughing because I mm -hmm. yeah like, I don't relate to this like fear emotion <laughs> right now. And so what I'm witnessing on my end is pretty humorous. And so she did not like the book down the stairs and then she did not like my response uh to her response <laughs> so uh it was good to like process through that i think initially i was just like the the fear is ridiculous in itself and not, nothing happened you're fine this is another reason for you to just like calm down about it don't worry but that was not helpful and so mm. uh, <laughs> i'm i'm shocked <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah I think for me it's like man I need to like give it time to actually uh, see what desire is like being needed at the moment and mm. what's not being fulfilled what's the ultimate like reasoning behind that emotion and so uh, she just wants to 
make sure our kid is safe, and that's not a bad thing. And then also, like, on her end, she, she was like, yeah, uh, I know that I tend to be more afraid of, like, him getting hurt, and I want to process through that, too. Yeah. So me responding the way that I did did not did not help her, like, get to the ultimate <laughs> goal that I want her to be. I want her to, like, be less afraid. And yeah, so, sure, sure. And so me uh, acting the way I did and responding the way I did uh, also did not facilitate that. Yeah, I feel like whatever you, you said something about giving giving emotions time, I feel like that's something that I, d- I don't really understand or appreciate probably the need for as much as I should. It sounds right that people need more time or people need time to process them. What do you think happens or what's what's accomplished by like giving someone time to process through their emotions? I'm just impatient. If there's like a bad emotion, I'm kind of impatient and I kind of want it gone as fast as possible. But it doesn't seem to be very helpful. Uh, I don't think people know <laughs> what they're feeling right mm-hmm. away. Yeah. And so I like Adrian is a big uh, verbal processor. She has to verbally sort through things and, and, and categorize them in her mind and, and outwardly, uh, just to make things fit together, uh, like, and within her, like how she's perceiving it, how she's comprehending it, how she wants to deal with it, how she thinks she should deal with it. And so that, there's all these, you know, factors that are, that are going on. Um, and even, even, you know, even with us, right, or with me, I'm I'm faster at just sort of logically going through. Oh, this is what I'm feeling. This is why. All right, and then yeah, like like what you said. Hmm. Just yeah, yeah. oh, get, get the bad emotion out of the way. Uh, I think I need to do a better job though of like actually resting <laughs> in it and hmm. just sort of let, letting it settle and, and see where it lands. But yeah, I th- I think a lot of times people just don't know what they're feeling <laughs> or hmm. what they're thinking. Yeah, which makes sense. for me kind of brings on the question or like what I was curious to hear from you guys is if there's any dissonance between which sounds like there's a little bit there. Any dissonance between like how you treat your kids and how your wife treats your kids when they are freaking out, because like I'm pretty impatient with bad emotions for my kids. Uh, and I think that's something that I generally just need to keep an eye on. But uh, up until very, I think pretty recently, it's been pretty simple. Like, uh, you're scared of the dark. Nothing's scary. You know, go to bed. Or like all of the ways that they've been like responding have been very simple. Oh, you didn't like that? Uh, you don't get like a third lollipop. That's okay. You know, like go cry in your bed. They're like very simple emotions and very simple like responses, and you just. If A, then B, and you've got to figure it out. But my kids are starting to have more emotions that I dismiss, like, out of hand. <laughs> I'm like, just figure it out. Like, deal with it. Don't cry about it. Let's let's move on. Suck it up. Be tough. You know, deal with it. Uh, which is helpful to some extent. But then uh, probably the last, like, yeah, two months, Anna and I have de- had a whole lot more dialogue about how we handle our kids in different situations uh, because – She's a thousand times better <laughs> at like, what, you know, like, why are you crying? Uh, and then Eli will say something like, I'm really nervous about this. Or Ella will be like, I didn't do that. And like, you hear the story or you hear like their, their mm-hmm. yeah. perspective. And that's been really helpful for me to, 
to see her do that. But we still have differing opinions, and the kids respond much differently when <laughs> they're around me solely or they're around Anna or they're around both of us. Because uh, the stories that I have with my day and the stories that Anna has with her day can be vastly different. Uh, and then we're, when we're together, mm. Mm. then, like, they kind of will either, like, start crying and then see that I'm in the room and stop, or they'll fall and Anna will rush to him. I'll be like, oh, let them let him deal with it. They don't need to. They'll kind of start crying, and then Anna will back off, and they'll stop crying uh, because they'll realize it's not that big of a deal. Or, like, mm-hmm. there'll be an argument, and I'll try to brush it off, and Anna will be like, no, like, we need to talk about this. and then, like, that leads to a whole lot more healing than just, like, brushing it off. So mm-hmm. I'm much more disposed to just, like, not maybe giving the situation the time that it deserves and just, like, dealing with maybe the symptom uh, more often than the cause. But Anna maybe is more often looking for the cause than, than the symptom. It sounds like there's a little bit of that for you, Jake. How have you navigated, like that with adrian uh i think we go back and forth uh i don't think it's like a clear cut like ooh when he does this adrian always responds and jake doesn't uh, or or vice versa uh i think it sort of alternates uh depending on the situation uh she is like very protective of like her space of her like personal space and so if elliot is like aggressive with her just like physically uh, she she gets like pretty frustrated with him, and so wait 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 wait. So he like gets in her space. Yeah, like if he's just like wrestling with her, or like you know is like whiny and needy, and then just like clings to her, and then just starts like hitting her or something. Um, she like doesn't yeah. like that, and so I am I'm pro- like when he gets that way with me, I'm more. I'm more apt to, like, actually embrace him and, and just sort of, like, all right, hey, let's wrestle around a little bit. And then, like, I mean, he's, what, 13 months old, so he can't, like, verbally process his emotions. And so I, I think in that in that way it's, like, all right, hey, you're whiny. Like, you, you want to feel connected right now, and so, hey, we'll, we'll connect. Whereas, like, other other areas, like, like, loneliness is the big one that Adrian, like, always tries to connect with. Like, if he's feeling alone or feeling isolated, she will always, like, go to him and engage him. And I'm like, yeah, just, like, let him play by himself. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, if we're in, in another room, like, it doesn't matter. And so, yeah, I think it, like, alternates wh- how we respond. Uh, I, I, th- I think there's just certain situations that we're more inclined towards. Not not necessarily like oh man like because I'm a guy I just like disregard his emotions but yeah I think overall we're we're both both of us are still trying to figure out like what is appropriate to just leave and what's appropriate to like actually engage I I'm sure that will flesh out more once it gets older too mm-hmm. so you would say it's like based off of you have different situations that you each right maybe are more adequately concerned with or yeah. like yes. you think you're just better at be better at dealing with those sorts of situations uh probably both yeah i i don't know if nicole and i are all that different i mean maybe she would she would she would feel different differently i feel like we both rubbed off on each other in significant way i think she's tougher now or more able to recognize what our 
you know, there's always the, the question of how much is, is what you're getting upset about actually worth getting upset about? You know, yeah. if you don't, if you don't get to do what you want to do as a kid, that can cause you, you know, you can freak out and get upset. That's a little different than someone being mean to you and making you feel bad about yourself. Uh, so yeah. kind of being able to parse those two and see the differences, I think important that she's gotten better at. And I, I think I've become a lot more empathetic and a lot more interested in helping our kids kind of explore their emotions. Uh, that's one thing she's kind of passed off to me. I would say the big difference that I see in my behavior is in the way I treat her emotions, like Nicole's, my wife, versus mm. my kids. I think I'm a lot better at navigating theirs because I'm less threatened by my children's emotions because <laughs> I because I don't think they're that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. I think they're going to be able to work through them. They're going to be able to process them, figure them out, and ultimately they're just not that big of emotions, kind of. Yeah. Uh, with they're less, they have less consequences. They're less serious. But hers, I generally respond worse to them in a less helpful manner because they scare me. I think when when she experiences negative emotions, I'm kind of that makes me nervous because I get. I think they just shake our family a little more, right? They they kind of negatively yeah. affect what's happening within our family more because they're more central, I guess, to the leadership of the family. I guess is how I describe it. And so when they make me nervous, when they make me scared, that's when I don't, that's when I just try to push them away or try to silence them or try to cover them up or whatever, mm. uh, which does not help, obviously, at all. At all. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a big difference for me. I think I'm pretty good with my kids and not, not great with my wife, which is unfortunate in a big way. What, what about on it, the flip side? Like, is she good at handling uh, your emotions? No, because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because she has so little practice, I think, because I, I hardly ever, right. <laughs> kind of, I guess, like let myself feel negative emotions in a, in a big way. Yeah. Yeah. She, I think she's pretty puzzled because of how I tend to process them, <laughs> uh, which is probably not the health, you know, not the healthiest way, but she tries and I just don't, I guess I, yeah, generally I don't really let her help me. Generally, generally I try to withdraw, I guess, and take, figure them all out myself kind of. Mm. Mm. And then, so I'll, I'll be upset fairly rarely. Really? What? Really? Uh, I think one of the things I learned when I was like, I can't remember if you, I think you said talking with Nicole about your feelings or like having a, a sounding board really helped you. And I think that was around the time that I started doing that with Anna, like right after college. And so it surprises me to hear you say that you withdraw more. Because I think that's where I, like, one of the ways I started to do that more was hearing hearing you say that. Yeah, I think there's probably a distinction, I would say, for, for myself. Yeah. With, like, just, like, general emotions and how I'm feeling versus when I'm ex experiencing significant negative emotions that make me feel uh, like I'm yeah. losing sort of control, kind of. Yeah. So if I'm just, like, happy or a little bit upset or a little bit frustrated or whatever, that's not that big of a deal. I, I do. I really like talking with her about it, and it's fine. But I don't actually need her help in that situation. I just need somebody to talk to, right? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not in kind of like a crisis mode, I guess I would say, when I say I don't need her help. But when I don't know what to do with my emotions, yeah, mm. you know, and I'm, I'm kind of lost, I guess, that's when I withdraw, and I don't, I don't let her help. 
<laughs> and then yeah. she, I emerge and, and I'm a little better and she's like, <laughs> what, what happened? And she's like, what? And I'm like, I don't even really know. <laughs> so, right. so that, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure that's the healthiest way to, you know, to handle them myself, uh, which is kind of one reason I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If, I really don't know if that's good or bad. I'm sh- like, I'm sure it's not perfect. I'm sure it's, yeah, yeah. it's not as good as it could be. Do you, uh, when, when you withdraw, what do you do? Do you just go play video games or do you like, no, yeah, it's not escapism. It's typically like pretty, I just try to figure it out. I just try to process like what I'm feeling, try to understand it, try to understand why I'm feeling what I feel. So like I try to do what we talked about at the beginning, which which is beliefs, which is why if I'm feeling something, I try to really understand the deepest belief that's, that I think is leading me to that emotion. Mm-hmm. So usually, usually, you know, the two are big ones are fear and sadness, mm-hmm. I think. More often fear than sadness, but fear of sadness. And so I just try to ask myself, what is really honestly making me afraid? Uh, what am I really honestly afraid of? Or what's, what's really honestly causing the sadness? And then try to get to that deep belief. And then, you know, the, the idea that we all kind of ascribe to is that, you know, if you believe all the right things about God, then in theory, you would, you would have a really positive, true and right and heavenly perspective on things. In theory, those, those emotions will pass as you kind of replace lies with truth, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's, that's the process, right? Is you just try to go understand why am I believing, what am I believing that is causing this emotion? And then what, what's the truth about God that I can replace that with? And that will hopefully, you know, create a positive, a positive emotion in its place. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think I used to try escapism. I used to go play video games or watch TV and yeah. it doesn't really work. <laughs> no. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, yeah. But what you're saying though, is you like, it's a conscious decision to withdraw and try and figure it out. Yeah, like I, I'm typically an external processor, but when I get in that situation, I don't like to, I don't like to talk about it. I like to do it by myself. Sure. It used to make her frustrated, but because she wanted to help or she wanted to be involved, and I'll always tell her about it afterwards. But I don't yeah. like, I don't like talking to her when I'm not in, like, in control of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, when I don't feel, yeah, when I don't feel settled in myself, I don't like to be around her uh, or anyone really. You know, I like to go, sure. go get with me and God, and then, and then become okay, and then I can mm-hmm. go. Go talk about it with her. Uh, sure. I'm sure there's plenty of other ways to handle it, that, and that's not. I'm not saying that's the right way, but that's just what I've always gravitated towards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you? Do you? I mean, you like it because you do it, but you keep on saying like, uh, I'm not sure this is the best way. You feel like it's not the best way, or that it could be like improved upon, because that seems like a pretty okay method <laughs> to me. If it, you know, like, if it were to work, I don't see any reason why why not. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I, yeah, I think I'm, I feel okay about it. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm still not really sure if part of that is due to a lack of vulnerability. Mm, sure. And, and if it is for that reason, then I'm not really okay with it. Like, if I just don't want to, like, let her in, kind of, or I don't want to let her mm. be around, like, a weak me, then that's not great. But I don't know. I don't know if that's, I don't, I don't really know if that's the, mo- I, I really can't kind of tell if that's the motivation behind it or if it's just that I, I really do. I have a hard time processing when I'm so confused emotionally <laughs> and, and being around people doesn't help. So yeah, I find the most helpful thing is to go be, be by myself. But uh, yeah, I'm just genuinely not sure if, which, what, what's the primary motivation for it. For me, it kind of like, it depends on how much I trust Anna with mm-hmm. the situation. Like if I can trust that she will not take things personally, then I talk with her about whatever I'm feeling. But if I think she's going to get pissed off because 
I'm angry at her. Maybe it's not like the most, maybe I shouldn't be angry, but I'm still angry. Uh, then, you know, like, <laughs> right, then right. we've got like <laughs> two dialogues going on, you know, like she's pissed that I'm angry mm. at her and I'm, yeah, and, right. and then, so I'm like, I kind of am a little wary about some of those situations or some things that I think might. And I think like when I talk with her, I give her like the I kind of prefer I'm like just so you know I'm I'm not trying to validate everything that mm. I say sure, uh, right right whatever but I definitely do give that clarification prior because in those situations I already recognize for the most part that I'm I'm messed up <laughs> mm-hmm. and in order to like figure that out externally if I'm gonna choose to do that externally then I give that because otherwise it it changes real quick. Have you have you both of you read Keep Your Love On? No. Yes, I did. His his book his talking about like boundaries and arguments really kind of mm. gave me that that sort of perspective where like mm, if you're yeah. gonna settle a problem, one person needs to be on the receiving end and then the other person needs to be the, is gets to be like the DVD like they get to be the one to be like playing and like. Hmm. showing what's going on and then the other person's the the receiver if you have two people trying to like (laughs) trying to figure out an issue or if one person's issue causes another then it just gives it a really simple groundwork that that was helpful (laughs) i think yeah that makes all sense i think i prefer to do the external because i have then i've got like two sources of validation uh rather than just god which is maybe easier sometimes if you don't truly want to change but you recognize that it's a problem uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair that makes a lot of sense too all right well it's 10 so i guess we yeah. should, uh, cut it off huh i gotta bounce all right cool thanks guys appreciate it yeah yeah, yeah. see you next week Good job. All right, thanks uh, for listening in. Uh, We really like doing this, so we are going to keep making episodes. Uh, So in the interest of helping other people find out about what we're doing, uh, if you think we're any good, then if you could please, uh, we have a Facebook page, we have an Instagram page, please follow either of them. Uh, That will help some people discover us. Also, uh, probably more importantly or better idea would be if, if you know somebody, a parent, a mom, dad, Uh, or just married couple friends, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Please tell them about our podcast. If you do that, that would help us out a lot. Otherwise, uh, we'll see you next week. Hope you had a good time. There's so many ways to go and get it, so take your chances and make advances.